This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is the Century Casino Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Now it's Chase Off. With Nugent Hopkins on that side. He'll fire behind the net. McDavid trying to center and scored. He threw it between teeth, between Crawford's legs. And Edmonton leads it 4-3 on Connor McDavid's first NHL hat trick in the postseason. That's the game winner tonight. The Edmonton Oilers even their series with the Chicago Blackhawks. One win each. The final Edmonton 6, Chicago 3. Nugent Hopkins with three assists tonight. Ennis, Neal, and Chason also scoring. Miko Koskinen, his first NHL postseason start. He gets the win, making 23 saves. It's 11-28. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Overtime Open Line presented by Century Casino along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We'll get you post-game reaction as we roll along tonight. Connor McDavid has already spoken, so we'll bring you that on tape, Rob. And you're going to like this. I believe the quote is along the lines of, I thought the hats were a little unnecessary. Just drop the puck and keep going to simulate <laughs> there actually being fans in the building. They did have some uh, some people kind of walk down to the glass and throw some hats on the ice. Far fewer than there would have been were this a game with 18,000 people in Rogers Place. But uh, he, he didn't need the hats. He wanted to keep playing. I, I agree with him on that one. It was kind of funny watching it on TV, though, as you see the young girl walking down with her mask on and tossing three hats onto the ice. I know they're doing everything possible. I, I, I've only heard great things about how well the NHL has put this together, but I thought it was a little goofy as well. So I agree with Connor on that one. Well, and he's the first star tonight, and rightfully so. He scores 19 seconds into the game. He scores on a great individual rush at 4.05, so two goals in 3.46 and the Oilers get that two-goal lead that they couldn't get the other night. And certainly, I think McDavid felt a little challenged after the last game. Even though he got the points, it wasn't his most uh, dynamic game by any means, five-on-five, but he was was driving the bus today. And it's funny, you can tell great players when they're going to have great nights and I heard Louis DeBrusque on the, the telecast talking about it in the pregame you could tell he had extra jump uh, you know the first goal uh, was good, the second goal was just is that the one where he, he knocked the puck out of the air and then bounced it twice off his stick and then walked around the defenseman, I mean just incredible eye hand coordination, he could have had uh, a bunch more too, it was, it was a big night for Connor McDavid, he needed to make a statement uh, there's, the Oilers have a huge advantage uh, because they have both Connor and Leon and they, the Chicago Blackhawks don't know who to match against either one, to both forwards and defense. But you didn't see that in game one. But in game two, you certainly did where Connor McDavid took over. And I don't think it really mattered who they played against him tonight. Connor McDavid was on his game. And when the best player in the league is on his game, 
there's no one that they can match against them. 6-3, the Oilers win it. And a key part of this game, Rob, it's 3-2 Edmonton. Halfway through the second period, the Oilers get a penalty at 737, another one at 935, and then another one at 1156. So basically about six and a half minutes of game time. They were shorthanded for six of those minutes. Now, yes, Chicago did tie it a little bit later on, five on five, but the Oilers killed off all of those minor penalties. Well, yeah, and had they scored on their first one, they would have had two more minor penalties or two more power plays where they could have taken the lead. Uh, the Oilers bent a little bit on the first power play. Uh, the, the Blackhawks had a couple good chances on that one, but over the last four minutes, probably four and a half minutes of the power play, the Hawks got nothing. And, and the Oilers became much more aggressive and they forced plays. They forced it in the offensive zone. They forced them on the blue line. And if Kane and Taves have time to make plays, they're going to make good plays. But if they're being forced, uh, forced to their back end, forced to make quicker decisions, they're not going to be as effective. And then you throw in the fact the the commitment level by all four guys on the ice to make sure that they're in shooting lanes. I can tell you from being on power plays in the past, it is frustrating when pucks don't get through to the net. It's frustrating when you set up the play you think you want and your shot doesn't get through because the other team is laying it on the line, putting their body in front of it. And, and the, you got to give credit to all four penalty killers over that stretch. I mean, there, there was a one stretch. I think there was five or six block shots in a 35-second span. That was the commitment that the Oilers didn't have in Game 1. They brought it in Game 2. Live, head coach Dave Tippett. Team, uh, after what happened in Game 1, uh, just your first impressions of uh, the much better effort in Game 2. Well, I liked our team. We played more to how we're uh, capable of playing uh, right throughout our lineup, and uh, the results showed in a win. Next question comes from Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Dave, your penalty killing was, especially in the second period, uh, was the way it was during the regular season. Did you do anything differently, or did your defense just block an awful lot of shots? Well, we, uh, you know, every day you look at it, you try to make some adjustments. Jimmy Playfair uh, spent some time with the guys this morning and, uh, you know, we got it kind of dialed in. But ultimately a penalty kill like that, you're, first of all, we took too many penalties. We put them to work too hard, but uh, they laid it on the line, blocked a lot of shots, really, uh, really dug in in a critical point of the game for us and got the job done for us. So uh, much better today than the other day for sure. Our next question is from Daniel Nugent Bowman, The Athletic. Uh, Dave, I know you said uh, this morning you were really curious to see how a lot of guys uh, that didn't play well or you didn't think maybe played well in the first uh, game, how they would step up. And just what, what would you say about your captain tonight, especially early in the game, how he, he really seemed to take the, the bull by the horns and lead early on? Well, I mean, he's those first two goals are uh, both uh, really strong goals, send a really strong message to our team that he's here to play. And uh, but I like the way our whole team responded. We, uh, other than a little bit of uh, second period where we took the penalties and turned a few pucks over, uh, for the most part we were pretty solid all the way through. And um, you know we knew this is this is a critical game for us. And I really like the way our guys uh, came out and played accordingly. Our next question comes from Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Dave, I know we only played 10 minutes, but that looked to be the most uh, 
invested or we or most plays we've seen from Athanasio really using his speed. Uh, what were your thoughts on him and you know how he looked this night compared to two days ago? We just had the same conversation in the coach's room about five minutes ago. That's uh, that's probably the best game we've seen him play. He's he's dynamic speed and, and just acceleration. Wanted the puck all night and uh, really, uh, really brought something to the table for us. So it's great to see. Hopefully it's something for him to build on. Our next question comes from Mark Spector, Sportsnet. Dave, you said this morning you'd learned something about your team tonight. Uh, what do you think you learned? Uh, I think we learned that our team is a very determined group. You know, they, uh, they didn't play near as well as we would have liked the other night. And uh, tonight we came out with a real determination. Uh, you know, Connor was uh, a big part of that, uh, showing the way early. But our whole group really played with a, a mindset that we weren't going to lose tonight. And uh, so you learn, you learn your team uh, cares and they want to win. And... Uh, when we play like that, we'll give ourselves a chance every night. Mark, go ahead with your follow-up. Uh, I would say that you know, the, the, any playoff runs like a long journey, right? Things go up, things go down. I know we're only two games in, Dave, but this was already must-win hockey. Do you, do you feel like this is a, you know, a, a moment you can reference with your team if you, if you guys play some games here this summer? Is this a, you know, a bigger game maybe than, than even we know right now? Well, because of the circumstances in a short series, it's it's a pivotal game for sure. I mean, but we, we did that all year. There was games that, uh, you know, we talked about setting new standards for our team. And uh, considering a must-win situation in a, in a short series, uh, I like the standard we set with our group. We came out and we played well. We did a lot of things that allowed us to uh, carry a lot of the play. Now there's still things you can you can you're going to have to clean up. We took too many penalties. I mean that's uh, that's just reality of it. So uh, there's some things like that you can clean up, but it's certainly a step in the right direction that your your team uh, builds confidence from. And Jason Greger, please. Come uh, Dave, you, you told me last week that you don't talk to the rest very often, but uh, when you do, you want to get your point across. What was the, the <laughs> Did you hear that tonight? On, uh, yeah, I, I could hear it. It was nice. It was clear. Um, what was the feedback? Uh, obviously, Yamamoto it looked like uh, he was bleeding, not originally, but then he came back. Uh, wh why didn't they uh, deem that a double minor? Good question. That's what I was trying to ask, and I didn't seem to get an answer. Okay, we're now going to take a couple questions on Zoom. We'll start with Christian Goebel, NHL.com. Um, Dreisaitl didn't score tonight, but uh, he impressed in other areas. Could you uh, talk a little about his impact? Well, Dry has an impact on the game every night because he's uh, a top player and has the puck a lot. He touches both sides of special teams for us, so his line... Uh, his line played well tonight, and uh, he's like the rest of our group. We played a strong team game, and he was a big part of it. The next question comes from Jack Michaels. What importance, Dave, would you have placed on that power play goal right before the end of the second just to get back into a positive frame of mind instead of going into the period tied and thinking you'd done a lot of good things up until that point? Very, very important, and especially you get a lift from that. Your penalty killing does such a good job if your power play can jump out there and and get one, and uh, it kind of gives you that 
gives you that grabs that momentum back for you that uh, you've lost and given up some power plays but our penalty killing was excellent excellent uh, i think it was said on the bench like let's go get one for those guys now and um so it was a big lift for us getting that one the fourth one we have two more questions for coach we're going back to the media center to jim matheson post media dave can you talk to uh how well uh, the neil Kara chase online played they seem to get the puck in deep and is exactly what you needed against the smaller defense. They've been pretty good, you know, all through camp and everything. The thing about that line, they're big and strong. Uh, they know how to play. Both Chase on and Neil probably are two guys that has the most have the most uh, playoff experiences on our group. And JJ's played well uh, ever since we put him to center. He's really he's plays a real strong methodical game so it's great to see them get rewarded for their work they're trying to do a lot of things right how we want to play and how their line wants to play and uh it's great to see them get on the board because they get some recognition about helping us win and our last question comes from daniel nugent bowman the athletic uh, Dave, we experienced something a little unusual tonight. Obviously, with no fans in the in the building, uh, and a hat trick by McDavid, got to see some hats being tossed on the ice. A little unusual. So, I'm just curious what you thought of that, and uh, something I guess you probably haven't seen in your life. Unexpected with no fans. I don't know where the hats came from. Somebody planned that, or I, I don't know. So, I was very surprised. That's how I felt about that. I didn't realize that you were going to get hats on because there's no fans, but somebody found some somewhere. All right, live post-game comments from Edmonton Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. A 6-3 win for the Oilers tonight over the Chicago Blackhawks. The series is tied 1-1. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown. It's 20 minutes before midnight. Well, two players, Rob, we, we talked about through camp that could maybe have an impact, a little more experience and playing in a depth role, but we know they can also finish, and that's James Neal and Alex Chason. Well, we talked last game how they could be effective in hockey games because they're big and strong and they can be physical, get in on the forecheck. They're veterans, they're smart. But in a game when you're you're trailing, uh, as the Oilers were last game, it's hard for them to do what they do best. But tonight in a game where they have the lead, then they just get the puck in deep and they work the Chicago defensemen down low and they use their size and they're physical and they waste time and they kill time in the offensive area. And then they got rewarded and they got rewarded simply because they went to the net. So it was a, it was a, a big night for them. And again, this is one of those games, Reed, where you look at their lineup and, and you can say every line did what they needed to do. I mean, double A and Cassian on their line, that was the best Cassian had played. And that was AA's best game since he's come to, to the Oilers. I thought Ennis was very good tonight. Yamamoto showed up tonight and was much more effective. And then obviously the Connor McDavid line was the best line on the on the ice. So uh, they needed to be better tonight, and they were. But yeah, I agree. The the big line, the fourth line for the Oilers, created things. Jujar Kerr had a number of good scoring chances early in the hockey game as well. That bodes well going forward in the series. Just to touch on what Dave Tippett talked about as well no idea why Duncan Keith didn't get a, a four-minute penalty for the stick to the face on Yamamoto he, he was caught that could have even possibly been five I thought he was pretty irresponsible with a stick there the play in the second period a double minor was assessed to Dylan Strom the officials thought it was his stick that cut Zach Cassian they can review majors or double minors and they saw on the play that it was Riley Shea and Stick. I know a lot of people, we got some texts already, well, wasn't, wasn't Strom holding Shea and Stick? Did he lift it? 
they they can't review that. They review whether or not it should have been a double minor. They don't assess other minor penalties as a result. So that's what happened there. And yeah. That was right. That was the right call there. But I agree with the other one. I, I used to hate that when okay, when you wanted the ref, come talk to me, look at it, he's bleeding, and, and they're ignoring him. Like, they're do, pointedly ignoring the coaching staff and, and Yamamoto. They won't look over. They're just they're putting their hand up. To me, that's arrogance on the side of the referee. You know what? If you, you miss the, the blood, go look at it. It's that simple. So, to me, that was bad on the referee. It's arrogance on the part of the referee. I give Dave Tippett credit for not saying anything in the press conference, but that was wrong. That should have been four minutes. It would have had no impact on the hockey game, but that is not how the game should be refed. All right. The Oilers win at 6-3. McDavid has a hat trick. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Next, we have Greg, Tony, and Robert, the top three in the batting order when we get back to overtime open line, courtesy Century Casino. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Century Casino Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Debrinkin, open, Nylander, shot, glove save made by a poised Koskinen. All right, Miko Koskinen gets the win, 23 saves. That was his save of the game for Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, head to sentinel.ca. Oilers win game two, 6-3. The series is 1-1. Rob Koskinen, good game. Cop stopped Kane on a breakaway in the first period. Probably made his best saves overall in the first period, I thought. Um, the, The Oilers are still... I think there's still work to do in their defensive zone coverage and their defending, but Koskinen was the backstop they needed tonight. Yeah, he was very good. Uh, I mean, since the, the the players have come back, we've now seen him in half an exhibition game, half a game one, and and then all of game two, and he's been good all three times we've seen him. I would imagine he'll be the starter again in game in game three, but he gives them the big saves when he needed. And obviously the one on Kane in the first period, that was a big save at a big moment uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. So uh, Koskinen was rock solid and uh, deserves a start in game three. And, and I imagine that's what we're going to see. And he'll be the fourth star of the game for White Eagle Homes, built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. Okay, we have uh, Greg on line one. Greg, go ahead. Hey guys, I got a couple comments and a couple questions. Um, so, uh, who hasn't scored in Toronto yet? Just saying, um, Toronto. So that's fantastic. Um, I thought uh, Ethan Barra struggled a little bit in the first period today, um, but I noticed um, one thing that the others need to work on is their positioning in front of the net. Um, game one and even tonight. Multiple players were left wide open in front of the net um, with grade A chances. Um, the, that uh, first goal, uh, Kane's goal, I do believe it was. I don't know if that was Bear's responsibility or McDavid's responsibility um, to cover him coming back. I think McDavid kind of did a little bit of a flyby, and Bear was a little out of position. But the first period was a r- was rough to watch defensively. 
And then the other thing I wanted to ask you guys about is um, uh, Drysaddle. He seems like he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. He's my favorite player on the team. But it seems like he's just floating around um, kind of like old Drysaddle. You know, he's tired, not changing, just kind of, you know, just floating around instead of using the legs. So I just want your guys' opinion on that. Thanks, Greg. I wonder with that line if if Drysdale and Yamamoto are missing Nugent Hopkins a little bit because now oh. Nugent Hopkins is up there getting assisting on all of McDavid's goals. Oh, absolutely. That line is missing that. Um, uh, the problem that the Oilers have had, and, and this has been a problem for a while, is they've got they've got three offensive dynamos, and when two of them play together, that line excels, and the other line. Uh, doesn't create as much five on five. And when Leon was playing with RNH, they were dynamite. It was the best line in the National Hockey League. They've ch- decided to put RNH up with Connor, and, and now they're sh- they're scoring at will, it seems like. But Leon just is missing something on his line. I know that Ennis scored a goal tonight, but I mean, Ennis is an RNH. And, and it's missed. I, I, I mean, I think that the bar is so high for Leon Dreisaitl, what we've seen over the last two seasons, that if he's not scoring two, three points a night, uh, people are questioning him. I thought his commitment level was good tonight. I thought in game one, I thought he was, uh, he probably was the best forward for the Oilers in game one. And tonight, his line created some things, but he has to create everything now on that line. It's not being created by Yamamoto. It's not creating being created by Ennis. So uh, that line most likely will not be as effective as Connor McDavid, but uh, I don't think he looks lazy. I don't think he looks tired. Um, to me, he had an okay game tonight after having a good game in game one. Greg brought up the defending. We've got some texts about it as well, and I've referenced, I still think it's far from where you need to be to be a really successful playoff team. First of all, the best defense often an offense, and the Oilers were able to grind away a lot more time in the the other end of the rink tonight. This is interesting, Rob. There have been 19 goals in the two games in this series. I watched Minnesota-Vancouver last night, and, and I've seen bits and pieces of every series at some point, not in, not a lot of entire games. But, I mean, if Minnesota and Vancouver go five games, they might not score 19 goals combined. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is not... This is not a tight checking series either way. There is a lot of room. There's players uh, looking for offense. I mean, clearly the Oilers weren't cheating as much as they did in game one. But but just from a pure uh, grinding perspective and sort of how playoff hockey is usually plays in a phone booth, it it's not along those lines at all. It isn't. It's not the way that either one of these teams play and haven't played all season long. So I don't think you can be completely surprised that there's going to be a number of scoring chances the Oilers are not a good five on five team it's it's I mean the stats show it the season showed it it's a team that relies on their special teams that to, to give them success that's why they won the game today their special teams was better than the Chicago Blackhawks the Blackhawks are, 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 not, are not a great five on five team either because they lack the skill at the back end they got some youth back there they got some slow-footed defensemen they got a defenseman that's 37 uh, they're going to make mistakes in their own zone uh, the Edmonton Oilers they're just they're not built, and, and you, we've had a number of different coaches that have come through here with a number of different philosophies of how to play, and yet it's the same mistakes that we see time and time again. We saw, it, we, I mean, uh, Adam Larson, who would be your probably your top defensive defenseman on this team, got walked tonight. Uh, you don't see that very often. So, I, I, yeah, this is 
this is the way the Oilers are going to play, and I, I don't see them changing their identity a whole lot here in the playoffs. They're going to try and tighten up, but it's just not in their DNA. Oilers win at 6-3. Hey, the Japanese Village goal light is on. On the Oilers page on 630shed.com and globalnews.ca, Japanese Village steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Book at any of their five locations at jvedmonton.ca. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn that on. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer. Josh Archibald credited with seven hits tonight. Uh, Larson with five. And Matt Benning with four hits in just nine and a half minutes of ice time. Well, Archibald, I, th- I think he got a little bit of a, a adrenaline surge when he found out he was playing on the top line. And when you get put on the top line, you want to make sure you make the most of it. And I thought he did. Uh, Larson always plays that way. And Benning, he had the b- biggest hit of the game. It was a, he's, He is by far the best open ice hitter that the Oilers have. And he has to do that to be effective in the third pairing. A uh, lot of positives in the game tonight, Reed, and I think the... The, the Oilers fans tonight are going to bed feeling a little bit better about the series. And I think the Oilers coaching staff is going to bed tonight feeling a little bit better th- about their team. All right, we have Brad on the line. Brad, go ahead. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Um, my biggest thing thinking is that McDavid's line needs someone with a better shot like uh, James Neal or Alex Chase on all the time. Well, that's an interesting point because Rob has talked about Neil maybe being up there. Yeah, I, I like Neil on the line. I, I like him there so that you can put R&H back with, with Leon. Um, the only fear that I, I, I'm sure that the coaching staff have with Neil and Chase on up there is their speed. Their foot speed is not as good as Archibald's or Cassian's. Uh, and I think they really actually like the, the line of Kara, Chase on, and Neil right now, but the others don't have a true goal scorer other than Leon Dreisaitl. And we saw how successful he was with Connor McDavid, but that's not something that we're going to see anytime soon unless the Oilers are in desperate need of some goals. But, yeah, the Oilers would love to have a goal scorer playing with Connor McDavid. Unfortunately, the goal scorer is the second-line center, Leon Dreisaitl. 6-3, the Oilers take it tonight. Uh, Martin says, hey, guys, I texted on February 4th that I think Jujar Kara should have been a center when he played in the middle last year, more involved and more focused. Kara, I thought, better tonight than he was in game one and I interviewed him during the training camp Robin and he really said he likes playing center and he feels like he can get a little bit more involved in the game well it's true Uh, I've played both center and wing Uh, sometimes there'd be shifts as a winger that you're just completely lost nothing happens Uh, you just the play doesn't come towards you and you you seem like you're out there for 35 40 seconds and could accomplish nothing and it's one thing to be an offensive player because you're eventually there's going to be that one break where you can do something special but if you're a player like Jujar Kara and you go two or three shifts in a row where nothing happens on your watch the coaching staff's going oh I haven't seen Jujar do much tonight and all of a sudden the minutes get cut down when you're a centerman you're always involved because you're down low helping the defenseman you're in on the forecheck you're taking the face-offs so yes as a centerman you're much more involved in the play and sometimes 
players like Jujar Care that play the style they have or they play like that because now they feel involved and when he gets involved he becomes a much better hockey player. Oilers win it 6-3. McDavid with a hat trick. Ennis Neal and Chase Son also scoring. That means a $150 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. $25 bucks for every goal the Oilers score throughout the season. Tony on line two. Go ahead, Tony. I just have a couple uh, comments and a couple questions for uh, you guys. The first one is uh, I thought we came out a lot better you know, even though even though McDavid came out in the first couple of minutes and just completely dominated the the Hawks, I thought our overall game was better. Um, I thought, you know, Koskinen actually showed that, you know, even if we get you know somewhat par goaltending in the first period, that we can still come back. My three questions are: um, with Koskinen, at any point did you think that we had that he had a chance to? I don't know just let an easy one in my second one is um i like josh is probably the best on the team right now other than mcdavid when do you think he's going to start you know goal scoring because it's going to happen at some point and um i think i was no that was actually my last question actually all right appreciate it tony well i mean koskinen yeah, I mean, I never expect an NHL goaltender to, to let in a bad goal, but they, they make mistakes. I, I think he was probably a little unhappy with the cuckoo goal, even though it was a shot from in tight. Um, you know, Crawford made a mistake tonight, giving the puck away behind the net, so things like that happen. And, yeah, Rob, I think Dreisaitl, he's going to get going. Uh, well, I, I mean, mean, he just asked, when is he going to Dreisel did not. Did he not have one and one in game one? He scored a power play goal last game. Yeah. Yeah. So like he had two points in the first game. So it's not like he, he's been held off the score sheet. I, this is what it's always amazed me when it comes to Leon Dreisaitl. We had people this year call in in a long stretch of games where they were not happy with Leon's game or they questioned Leon's game, and he's going to win the heart. He's the most valuable player in the National Hockey League. Uh, tonight the Oilers won. I thought Leon was fine, and we've had a couple of people talk about Leon tonight. Leon's fine. He, they, fortunately, they didn't need him to score two or three goals tonight. I've got, I got nothing negative to say about Leon Drysaddle right now. He's the, the most valuable player in the National Hockey League. That's got a couple points already in the playoffs, and when there's a, a big moment in a game. I would expect Dave Tippett's going to have him out there, and I would expect Leon Dreisettle to deliver. So, yeah, I got nothing negative to say about Leon and his game. All right, Oilers take it 6-3. Robert and Dorn coming up. We'll have post-game reaction from Bear, Neil, McDavid, and Ennis as well. Century Casino overtime open line on 630 Chet. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Century Casino Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Cuts inside, driving toward the net, unable to shovel a pass, Crawford, rebound, score! Chason picks up the loose change and buries it. Edmonton 6, Chicago 3, 2 goals in 40 seconds. That really put it away for the Oilers tonight. 6-3, the final. Neal driving to the net. Looked almost like a fullback trying to <laughs> plop over the goal line. The puck squirted free, and Chase on fires it in. So the series is even at 1, 6-3. The Oilers take it tonight. Reed Wilkins and Rob Brown with you. Good morning, Rob. It's three minutes after midnight. It's already tomorrow? It's already tomorrow, buddy. 
Oh, perfect. These late games, uh, they're going to be like that all series, all playoffs, isn't it? It's always going to be the Oilers doing the late one. Well, they weren't on Saturday. I guess we'll see. There will be a game four on Friday. We don't know the start time. They, I think they're going to wait and see what other games there may or may not be that day. So that's kind of a little interesting aspect to this tournament uh, as well. But there will be a game four on Friday, game three, Wednesday. And yeah, as Rob said, that one's a late one. Starts at 830. We have Robert on the line. Go ahead, Robert. Uh, hey guys, uh, how's it going? Good. Well, I have uh, I have a couple of thoughts tonight. First off, though, I want to talk about uh, Drysaddle. I thought, you know, uh, I thought he was fine tonight. I mean, you know, you know, I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he was, he, yeah, he was, he was held pointless, but I mean, but he's, he was still, still, still being big and strong and tough on the puck. I noticed, I noticed a couple times there was uh, Kirby Buck in there trying to, trying to, trying to knock him off it, and, and Drysaddle was more or less just, just uh, pushing him aside. I mean, these people, the people that, that question him, thinking he looks tired, he's lazy. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't buy any of that. And so yeah, I mean, I think Drysaddle is uh, he, he's not, he, did, he didn't get 110 points this year by being lazy and. And whatever else. So that's uh, that's my first thought. But my I have a couple other ones. My second one is on that. Uh, uh, the bottom two lines tonight I thought were were much much better, especially uh, uh, Athanasiu. I thought today was was by far his best game as an Oiler. I kind of want to know what you guys thought about that. And then my uh, my then uh, my last thought tonight was on was on the. Uh, the first line and the goaltending. So the the first line, I thought Nuge, Nuge and McDavid. I mean Nuge, Nuge and McDavid were were really good. But I that that, that leads, leads me to saying I think think the, the only way we'll see Nuge get get put back with Drysaddle and Yamamoto, I think, is through like assuming we advance past Chicago and we end up against like a heavier team like a like a St. Louis or a Dallas, like a team a team like we're goals are that much harder to come by and then last goaltending I thought Boston and tonight was he was fine oh, not busy now yeah. maybe the maybe you know maybe the maybe the Mata goal maybe shouldn't have went in but at the same time that one deflected off the of Russell so yeah and I thought over, overall uh, much better game Right on. Yeah, thanks, Rob. I, th- I think, yeah, good points. I think we should touch on Asnesio a little bit again, Rob, because he came in with that kind of Enigma label, and some nights you kind of wondered, okay, well, what is what is he doing out there? The penalty killing and special team situations limited his ice time in game one. I, I, I liked his speed today, but, again, we've seen players who are fast and they're on the perimeter. He drove a couple right to the net. I mean, in the second period, he created that one that one pile-up. So if he starts taking it to the goal with that speed, that that's, to me, how he hits the next level here. Or starts finding players, right? We haven't really seen him drive and, and find somebody with a clever pass yet. It's probably another dimension he can work on. Well, I, I think that's one of the reasons you don't see him with Leon or Connor, is I, I don't know if he sees the game as well. He's got great speed, and he's assertive with it, but I don't see him making a lot of plays. 
You don't see him uh, looking for guys coming late or, or finding uh, guys cross crease. He's a guy that he puts his head down. He goes as fast as he can. And today, that's great. And that's why maybe it's, he's much more effective as a third-line player because then there's not the expectation of getting the puck to Connor, getting it to Nuge, getting it to Leon. If you got a Cassian or a Shea, Shea with you, then oh yeah, you don't have, Shea with you. You don't have to get the puck. So I mean, let they know that you're driving the net. They know that they go to the net for rebounds. Maybe that's the style of play he's going to have to be, or the style of player he's going to have to be with the Oilers. But today, uh, there's no question. There's it's not even close to how he's played in any other game. This is by far better. There, there's games that he has played. I have not noticed him at at night's end. And you're looking in the stats page to see how many minutes he played. Tonight, he was noticeable every time he stepped on the ice. That's a really, really good thing for a third-line winger. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Sorry, is your name Doran? You bet. Go ahead. How are you guys? Doing well. Well, good morning. I can't believe you guys are still uh, up and doing it, eh? We'll be going for a little while longer. What's on your mind? Um, just mostly positives from tonight. I mean, it was nice to see the Oilers bounce back. And, uh, I mean, mostly positives, not a whole lot of negatives. I think we, uh, we got to fix the play below our own red line. I mm-hmm. think that's, uh, that's watching game film and whatever else. Um, you know, I, you know, they're doing it. It's a pretty common. I mean, Boston plays pretty similar to that too. Those quick passes out front, right? So, um, Athanasiu was fantastic tonight. I mean, the guy didn't score 30 goals in Detroit, and and you you don't score 30 goals in the NHL unless you're a good hockey player, right? So, I mean, it was nice to see him, like you said, by far, by far the best game he's played. Um, Everything was good. I thought uh, the chase on and Neil line was our maybe arguably our best line in the first game, and I thought they, they came back to it tonight, so that was... Good to see. Um, the only question I have, really, is I know you guys are saying, like, Kubelik had a, had a five-point night there, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Game and, one. Uh, yeah, and McDavid scored his first uh, hat-trick. But you guys are calling it postseason, right? Are we are we in postseason? Are those yes, counting the, postseason these, stats? These are all playoff stats, even the, even the teams in the round-robin games. The regular season was declared over a couple months ago. Well, that's I, I don't know. I I think that's a little goofy. No, you guys don't agree, or you know what? It, these playoff games. Yeah, it's I so mean, it's so strange. If you get knocked out, but I mean, right? if Edmonton loses to Chicago and gets knocked out, they're out. So to me, it's the playoffs. They're playing the same team in a best of five. So to me, these the players. I guarantee you, the players are considering these playoff hockey games. So uh, I don't see. I don't see. I know they're calling them qualifying or whatever it is, but these are playoff hockey games. Thanks, Doran. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is strange. Obviously, uh, twelve teams from each conference playing, and there are the top four seeds playing round robin for seeding, and the other eight teams are playing elimination series. But obviously, very strange circumstances. So this is what we're rolling with. The other teams playing under these circumstances. Here's what happened on the Edotowit scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new, new and used semi-trailers? Head to Edmonton Trailer. Dot com. The Jets beat the Flames 3-2. That series is 1-1. Hurricanes beat the Rangers 4-1. Hurricanes up 2-0 in that series. 
Penguins beat the Canadians 3-1. That series tied 1-1. Golden Knights knock off the Stars 5-3. That was a round-robin game, so the Golden Knights are 1-0. And right here on 6.30, Chad, Oilers over the Blackhawks 6-3. You'll hear from Connor McDavid when we get back to Century Casino Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Century Casino Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Connor McDavid, two goals early in the game, another one late in the second period for his first playoff hat trick. Tyler Ennis also scored tonight as Edmonton wins 6-3. Here are McDavid and Ennis. Maybe both of you guys, they say that you can't just hit a button and, and turn things around, but essentially that's what you guys needed to do today. How were you able to do that and turn it around uh, so significantly from last game? Yeah, I think it just was uh, our work ethic, kept it simple. I mean, again, it sounds all very cliche, but you know, that's all stuff we didn't do uh, in game one and did tonight, and uh, it was good. Yeah, I think we were embarrassed after game one, and we knew what we needed to do, um, and, we, and we came out and played well. Uh, you know, every guy on the team played well tonight. Our next question comes from Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Connor, can I, you describe your second goal? Did you catch the defenseman standing still? Because you were by him in a, in a millisecond, and then the puck, you put it under the crossbar. Uh, yeah, you know, it just starts uh, in our D zone. Um, Nuge wins a puck battle, um, puts it out there. Um, guys flat-footed, just try to make a move. And um, yeah. Our next question comes from Daniel Nugent Bowman, The Athletic. Uh, Tyler, I know he's sitting right there, but what can you say about the, the effort of your captain tonight, especially early in the game, kind of getting you guys off on the right foot? And for, for Connor, I, I know it's a very different uh, atmosphere, but what do you think about the the hats coming on the ice after your uh, your goal in an empty arena? Yeah, I think um, Connor led the way, um, especially early, um, set the tone for us, um, gave us a spark. Um, that's exactly what we needed, uh, and and everybody followed. Uh, I found the hats a little unnecessary. Um, rather just drop the puck and keep on going. Okay, and our next question. From the media center comes from Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Uh, Connor, you're, you're a guy who I know is on the power play more, but can you talk about the penalty kill in the second period? Uh, four penalties in a row. Uh, your guys were blocking shots like like crazy. Just really kind of how that really seemed to, to maintain the possession. You guys didn't lose any momentum in that eight minutes where Chicago was on the power play the entire time. Yeah, I mean, the power play is uh, a funny thing. Sometimes it can be a great... Uh, momentum for your team sometimes it can be a, a killer um especially when you got a, a penalty kill that was as dialed in as, as ours was tonight um you know the sacrifice all those guys made was special to watch from the bench um and it's contagious um you know i thought they did an amazing job we'll take the questions over to zoom now a reminder one question and please direct the question to either connor or tyler we'll start with ryan rashad tsn Connor, I know you guys wanted to focus on on attention to detail a little bit more in this game, uh, and I think back to the opening faceoff. Just looked like you really bared down and and wanted to win that one, and then Nugent Hopkins jumped in to make sure you did. Maybe just your thoughts on that play that gave you possession that led to the goal, and then the attention to the detail through the rest of the night. I mean, faceoffs are big all over the ice, um, especially the opening faceoff. Um, you know, it's good to you know, definitely want to bear down against a guy like Taves and. 
Um, obviously, lots of help from Nuge and, and Archie tonight, um, which uh, is nice. And yeah, I mean, we, we, we never planned to score on the first shift, but um, we, we wanted to have a good start and make sure we were in their zone and um, you know, found a way to get one. That was good. McDavid and Ennis, and the Oilers 60% in the faceoff circle tonight. Dreisaitl won 13 out of 20. Shane won 8 out of 12. McDavid was even 7 out of 14. And uh, Jonathan Taves, who uh, had a huge faceoff night in game one, still 50%. He won 12 out of 24. But the Oilers had the advantage overall in a 6 3 win. Rob uh, Kirby Doc, two assists plus three tonight. Alex DeBrincat, two assists plus three tonight for the Hawks. Rob, do we have you? All right. Well, we'll real uh, we'll reconnect with Rob. In the meantime, I will congratulate Stephen, who has won face-off trivia. Uh, his prize package valued at fifty bucks to enjoy at Fast Track Indoor Karting, safe adrenaline pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. The question was, who was the last Oiler to have a playoff penalty shot? We saw two penalty shots in one game on the weekend between the Penguins and the Canadians. And this one, of course, well-remembered Chris Pronger in the Stanley Cup Final on June 5th, 2006 against the Carolina Hurricanes. All right, Oilers take it 6-3. You'll also hear from uh, Ethan Bear and James Neal when we get back. Overtime open line, courtesy Century Casino. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Century Casino Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Miko Koskinen chipped up the middle of McDavid flying around Monaghan to the net. Backhander score! Connor McDavid's got two! A beauty by McDavid. That made it 2-0 Oilers early. McDavid would register a hat trick. 6-3. Oilers win it to tie the series. Sonny in Vancouver texting in. He says, hey, guys, is the third line for AA the best fit? He can be the puck carrier and distribute to Shane and Cassian if needed. He gets the third pairing from the Hawks, which that third line may be able to expose. Sonny also says, any chance the 1 p.m. start last game was the typical Oilers play for matinees? I know they had a good record this year, but their play in uh, those games has been shaky historically. That is from Sonny in Vancouver, Rob. Yeah, well, I saw a stat where the Blackhawks hadn't won a game this year in the afternoon, and the Oilers were 6-0-1, I think. So I don't. I just think the Oilers came out flat. I think they came overconfident and didn't play the way they needed to play tonight. They were much better tonight. As for Double uh, A, I think uh, he's much more comfortable or has looked much more comfortable playing on a third line, less pressure. He can just do what he has to do. He doesn't have to move the puck to, to Con or to Leon. So hopefully if this is what we can get from him for the remainder of the playoffs, that's going to be a very good playoff run for double A. Oilers out shooting the Blackhawks 35-26. The hits 27-10 in favor of the Oilers, Robin. We know the hits that is, is not always... Uh, Reliable, though I think in Edmonton it's probably tracked a little better than in some other rinks. But definitely, the, and I, I mentioned Archibald with seven, Larson five, uh, Benning four. The, the Oilers were much more determined to be physical tonight, and for the most part, they were the more physical team. Well, they were much more engaged, and they came out right from the beginning. I, I think they were embarrassed at what happened in game one. I mean, just look at it, the simple thing. They're the number five seed. They're supposed to beat the Blackhawks. It, there's a lot of people that are picking the Oilers to have a nice playoff run. 
and they got embarrassed in Edmonton in the first game of the playoffs, and they came out and set the tone very early. Connor did it with his speed. Other players did it physically, and it was a much better effort by the Oilers tonight. The The score was indicative of the game. The, the Oilers were a much better team tonight than the Chicago Blackhawks. Blocked shots. Chicago blocked 14. The Oilers blocked 22 shots, many of them killing penalties in the second period, and I referenced uh, the Oilers won 60% of the faceoffs. For ice time, Rob, Nurse played 24-10, Bear played 24-01, Clefbaum and Larson right around 22 minutes each, Low Larson, I guess, closer to 21. Have, have Nurse and Bear outplayed Clefbaum and Larson in this series? Oh, it's not even close. Uh, again, I mean, game one, Clefbaum and, and Larson did not have a good game, and then tonight, uh, the one thing I'd love to see taken out of Clef uh, Bomb's game again tonight. The little chip pass in front of his own net or in front of his own area uh, in, in the defensive zone. It's giveaways. It's blind passes like that. Make a safe play. So if you if you don't know where your teammate is and your back's to the the front of your net, just throw it around the boards. No no coach is ever going to yell at a player or a defenseman if they make a safe play. They certainly won't be happy if you make a blind pass in front of your own net and it turns into a goal-scoring chance. I thought Bear and Nurse were good again tonight. Bear looks like he's a player that's played 10 years in the league. I thought Clefbaum and Larson were better, but they're not playing to the capabilities that we've seen them play in the past. So that's why the ice time is what it is. Nurse and Bear deserve more ice time tonight. And I thought on that opening goal, the Oilers won the faceoff and, and Bear was a little bit under pressure, but as we've seen him do, he gets the puck under pressure up to Nugent Hopkins, chips it ahead to McDavid, and that started the whole sequence, the puck winding up back on McDavid's stick for the opening goal. It, it is amazing for a player as young as in as inexperienced as Ethan Bear, how pressure doesn't seem to bother him. How he he takes that extra second to make the right play. He doesn't throw the puck away, and I think that's what's uh, why you like him playing with a Connor with a Leon because he he gets them the puck at the time that they need it. And uh, under duress, it doesn't seem like he breaks a sweat. It's like all right. And he looks, he looks nonchalant as he's doing it, yet he makes the right play each time. So uh, a ton of credit for how far this kid has come and to the point now where, you know, there's nights where he is the best defenseman on the Oilers in games. And tonight he had another strong effort. All right, 6-3, the Oilers take it. You will hear from Ethan Bear along with James Neal when we get back to Century Casino Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Century Casino Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Left ball. Steers to Adam Larson. Off the middle on a high toss sent in by Jujar Kara. Oh, Crawford turned it over. Neal stole it and scored. James Neal giving an absolute gift. And the real deal converts. James Neal making it 5-3 Oilers. Alex Chason would score 40 seconds later after Neal drove the puck to the net and Edmonton wins game 2-6-3 to even up the series with the Blackhawks 1-1. Ethan Bear and James Neal, post-game remarks. The first question comes from Rob Tachowski, Post Media. Uh, hi, for, for James Neal, I guess. Uh, this was, there was a lot riding on this game, at, uh, you know, huge importance, uh, you know, not falling behind 2 nothing. What does it mean to a team when your captain rolls out and scores two goals in the first five minutes? And can you just kind of talk about the impact Connor McDavid had tonight? 
Yeah, um, obviously it was pretty evident the way he was uh, skating and he came out with a huge goal in the, uh, goal in the first shift to get us going. So, um, you know, that's what he does. He wants to play in the biggest games and uh, that was a huge one for us. So well done by him. The next question comes from Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, this is also for James. Can you talk about the uh, your line there with the two goals in, in half a minute? Is that the way your line has to play? Get it in, uh, push people around, and then the puck pops free and you score two goals? Yeah, it was nice to get a couple there in the one shift. But, yeah, I thought... Uh... Uh, I thought we played well tonight. I think we just got to get in the offensive zone, um, be physical, uh, grind them down as much as we can, and um, we got rewarded. So I thought uh, uh, Chaser and Juju were, uh, were really good tonight. The next question is from Daniel Nugent Bowman, The Athletic. As for Ethan Bear, I'm just uh, I'm just curious what you thought of, of McDavid's second goal because uh, he scored some pretty nice ones this year. Where do you think that one ranks, and what did you think of the hats after the after the third goal? Uh, it's it's just pretty spectacular what he could do with that speed. Um, you know, he's top end player, maybe the best in in this league. So um, you know, he, he does that you know all the time in practice. So it's no surprise. But you know, when he steps up like that, it really gives us that extra confidence. And our next question comes from Jason Greger, TSN twelve sixty. Ethan, uh, the four consecutive penalty kills in the second period really kept the momentum on your side. To, Lots of guys blocking shots. You blocked the first two. Just kind of talk about how that becomes infectious, maybe. And then, uh, James, one for you, just about, you know, your experience at this time. And I don't know if, if you become more vocal at all in a room of guys that, that don't have a lot of experience in such a big game prior. Um, yeah, whenever our PK can come up huge like that and, you know, guys are stepping up, it really, uh, you know, really gets us going. And, um, it just really helps us build our game. And, uh, you know, we that's huge. You know, special teams is huge in the playoffs. So, you know, we, we just got to keep working hard. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I was probably talking a little too much out there. But uh, I think game to game, you just have to reset for us. Uh, you know, we didn't play the way we wanted to in the first game. So um, you kind of uh, hit the reset button and come out and have a great game today. So, again, now for us, uh, you have to put that one behind us. They're desperate over there, so they're going to come out and play the same way we did uh, tonight in the first. Uh, so um, kind of just uh, sit back, look at the good things, um, and then focus on uh, tomorrow getting our rest and then um, having another great first period when it comes to it. Jason, you can go ahead with your follow-up question. Um, James, you got a lot of experience. You've had Coach Tippett before. Uh, he told me earlier in the week, he doesn't say much to the refs, but when he does, he feels like he has a point. He, he doesn't let go. I could hear him tonight really giving it to him after the Yamamoto one. When your coach gets so engaged like that, when he doesn't talk, uh, how do you guys react? You know, Does that just fire up the bench even more? Yeah, Tip's, uh, tip's great. I think he was a little wound up. He thought we should have had a four-minute penalty or power play there. So, um I know he's giving it to the refs a little bit, but no, he's good. He knows uh, he knows when to to, to give it and, and take it, so it's uh, it's all good. Okay, we're now going to take some questions from Zoom. A reminder to raise your hand on Zoom and wait to be called on. The first question comes from Ryan Rashad, TSN. Uh, question is for James. Um, just about kind of the attention to the the details tonight. Everything from winning more faceoffs, uh, finishing more checks. Uh, how big a factor do you think that was in you guys just overall seeming to put a much more consistent effort out? Yeah, I think uh, for us, uh, like I said, the first game, we kind of just 
uh, you know, threw it out and uh, just refocused and came out with a whole different mindset uh, tonight. And I think, uh, you know, that just wasn't us in the first game. So, um, you know, we were, uh, we were ready. We we're on our toes and, and ready to go from the drop of the puck tonight. And, uh, you know, that's how we're going to have to be. It's, uh, it's a tough league when you're trying to claw back into it and you're down a couple of goals. So, um, you know, I like the way our team responded. Our next question comes from Terry Jones, Post Media. Oh, sorry here. Uh, can both of you guys uh, just react to uh, when, when, just before the game starts? Is there something you can see in uh, in McDavid that uh, just tells you, "Hey, it's going to happen tonight"? Just, I mean, it's, can you read that? Um, I mean, he, he prepares every game pretty similar. You know, he's a pretty focused guy. Um, you know, you, you never know. Uh, you never know what could happen in hockey, but he just, you know, he's always ready. He's ready to go, and, he, you know, he takes care of himself uh, away from the ring, so um, it's no surprise. We're going to return to the media center and take a couple questions from Mark Spector, Sportsnet. Uh, James, you've been on a lot of playoff teams before. Tonight, you got all the little things. You got big saves early. You got guys blocking shots. You got a good penalty kill. Uh, are those the guts of the game? that you didn't have in the first game? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, we didn't have any of those. So we regrouped and we played a playoff-style game tonight and we had good results. And do you... Uh, Dave Tippett said this morning, we're going to find out a lot about our team tonight. What'd you find out? Uh, well, I think uh, for us, we just had to... Uh, throw out the first game and come with uh, a whole different mindset. And um, we found out that we can uh, respond when things don't go the right way. And I think we uh, we did that and answered the bell all year. So um, I think uh, there's no doubt in our dressing room. And we knew what we were going to get tonight out of uh, all our guys. So um, I think the biggest message out of tonight is you got to put this one behind us and can't sit back. You got to come out with the same mindset again in the next one. And it's another huge game in, uh, in a couple of days here for us. James Neal and Ethan Bear, the best of five between the Oilers and Blackhawks, is tied 1-1. Connor McDavid with a hat trick. Edmonton wins 6-3. Get more on globalnews.ca and 630ched.com. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer from noon to 2. All have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer, and to Andrew Connell, our studio operator. Next game broadcast, face-off show at 6 p.m. Wednesday. Game will start at 8.30. It's at Rogers Place. The Blackhawks will be the home team. And game four will be Friday night time TBA. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a great night. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.